Welcome into another episode of Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses. I'm Danny Jones. And I am Samantha Jones. And here we are, episode 127. 127. What is our enthralling topic today? <laughs> this is Mysteries of Bigfoot and Loch Ness. Pretty enthralling. Uh, it is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's cool. going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, yeah. before we talk about that, do you want to do our normal routine and yes. talk about anything from last week? Yes. So last week we did Roswell 1947, and we had talked about a special that we watched. I can't remember what it was on. It was on Netflix or something like that. I can't mm, remember. One of those yeah. streaming or Oh, Discovery Plus. That's Discovery what it was. Plus. And we hadn't watched the last couple episodes, and we watched them. And it was really good. They do, like go into the alien autopsy and stuff. So if you haven't seen that and you you know you like that episode, I would recommend watching it. I thought mm-hmm. it was really good. It was well done and it yeah. wasn't like some of these are just over the top, but you know, they ho- try to hold your your su- the suspense and everything like a lot of them do, but yeah. other than that, I thought it was very good. I mean, they're trying to use, you know, to replicate what things might look like, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Probably some CGI and some <laughs> Hollywood magic, but yeah. What's compelling to me is all the people. Yeah. And the interviews and this new process of, you know, voice recognition and face recognition and being able to judge whether they think someone's yeah. telling the truth or not. Yeah, I wish we could use that and more stuff. It'd yeah. be cool to see, you know. So uh, every week we do two questions, and let's start with those questions. The first one is from Tina. She asked, what has been the hardest part of your spiritual journey? And that's a really good question, and I think there's a a lot of parts of it. I'll tell you that what I thought was going to be the hardest part has turned out not to be, and that was becoming the person that I wanted to be, that I felt that I was supposed to be. The out in the open psychic, the, you know, podcast host, that stuff that I knew the universe wanted me to be that I thought, man, this is going to be really hard. That part hasn't been so hard because I've just really let it naturally come and let, you know, the people that are supposed to be in my life be in my life. That was what I was worried about the most, I think, was that people were going to, like, go. Mm. And I felt then, like, when I first started, like, I didn't want that. But now I feel like if they're not meant to be in your story, that they'll go. Mm -hmm. So that was what I was expecting the hardest part to be. I think probably the hardest part is it kind of goes along with that though is that <laughs> mentally trying to be this spiritual being is hard yeah, that's what i was gonna say <laughs> the hardest part is being spiritual <laughs> it, you know it, let me rephrase is. that the hardest part is my mind yes is getting out Retraining. of my own way mm-hmm. yeah retraining your mind yeah. because it really is <clears throat> like trying to forget everything that you were taught. And when I say everything, it comes down to those little things about yourself that make your anger level go up or your frustration level go up. The things that you don't even realize are a problem. Mm -hmm. Those are the things you have to find a way to control because it's like, 
you can be a, a spiritual person and want to punch people in the face, but to be really honest with you, I don't want to feel that way. I no. want to exude what it is that the spirit world wants me to mm -hmm. exude, and that is peace and love. Right. And I'm, but I'm still human, and so sometimes right. I still have a hard time with that. Well, and I think truthfully, before there's any peace, there has to be inner peace. Oh yeah. So <clears throat> if like what we're saying here, and you're walking around with these things inside 90% of the time, there's a kind of a battle going on. Yeah. There's like a conflict. That's not inner peace. Yeah. So kind of like what you're saying is to be able to just let that go mm -hmm. and again, get out of my own way and let things sort of transpire the way they're supposed to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> one of my clients said to me the other day, she's like, you know, I'm my own worst enemy. I get mm -hmm. in my way. And I was like, you know, I really think we all do. Mm -hmm. We all do. We're taught that for some reason. Mm -hmm. And so then we get older and we're like, oh, if I could just get out of my own way, out of my own head, because I know it's the only thing holding me back. Yeah. You know, so that definitely yeah. is the hardest part, I think, of the spiritual journey is, like you said, just becoming that spiritual person that you want to be and retraining your brain to be that person. Yeah. And I think there's been moments where I've gone, oh, like, this is like the most calm and peaceful I felt. I wish I could bottle this yeah. and put it in the cabinet and just swig it later when I'm not feeling that. Yeah. But at least I know that there's like a paramount, there's a pinnacle mm -hmm. of a feeling. And I know that I've gotten there once and more, twice, maybe three times. Right. And there might be a dip right. again where I'm feeling down or feeling, you know, um, pity party or you know, something's going on with family members and you're sad or, you know, whatever it is. But yeah, roller coaster. Yeah, life is just that. Yeah. But that getting in your own way, that is our free will. We're constantly being shown, you can do it your way mm -hmm. if you want. Or you can do the way we're suggesting. Right. The way you really honestly inside feel that it should go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. So hope we answered That's that a good question, question for you, Tina. Yeah, I love that Tina. question for sure. Loved it. And then the next one is from Norma. She says, my husband and I are not on the same page about our spirituality. Is it possible to progress in my journey without his support? I've been very lucky because this fascinated you enough for you to come along on this journey with me. Yeah. But I do know a lot of people that are not that lucky. Right. Most of the women that I know that are on a <clears throat> spiritual journey like this do not have a supportive partner. Um, you know, you can look at this a lot of different ways. Can you do it without his support? Absolutely. You can. Yeah. Is it going to be harder? Well, yeah, probably. But the thing is, is that I think it's kind of contagious. And when you yeah. when you do it the right way and you present it the right way and it just becomes a part of who you are, I think it becomes kind of contagious. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always like nobody wants to have religion pushed on them. So it's the same kind of thing with spiritualism. <clears throat> it's, you know, there's there's a boundary there. There's, you know, enough and, you know, what's too much or whatever. You have to find like a happy medium there to yeah. like like what's what's the word i'm looking for like bring him into your world but slowly without pushing it on him i think is you right. know it's uh, like you're inviting him just by your own actions right. you're not really having to verbally invite him along he's going to see the change in you yes yep. you know i think for samantha and i it was almost instantaneous it uh -huh. felt like so 
it was right there in front of my face. It may not be like that for yeah for everybody. It might just you know be much simpler, and that's okay. Yeah. But again, by by any example that's positive, people will see that. Absolutely, yeah. So. And you know, the universe does have its way of pushing us in the direction that we're supposed to go. And you know what? Actually, the reading that I'm going to do next is for Tina as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm because I'm starting to get things psychically for her. So we're just going to roll this into that. Um, and then I think but I that can, question was from who that was. Oh, I'm sorry. That was from Norma. Yeah. yeah. Why did that come back? That was so weird. All of a sudden I started seeing Tina's Thank life. You, Norma. Wow. Yes. No, no, wait, then we'll go back. Oh, okay. That was so weird. All of a sudden I was like, <laughs> Tina, this and Tina, that. And I'm like, wait, what? No. Um, but I think we're going to talk about that with Tina is why we go back to it. But okay. Norma, one of the things that I, I did want to point out was that um, sometimes the universe pushes us in a way that, you know, we may not see ourselves going. And I'm not saying divorce or anything like that. Mm-mm. But sometimes there is a change that comes, you know, with our lives and this spiritual awakening and we start to see things differently and the people that we want around us are different. They're they're you might want to be surrounded by different people. And for some people it can be too much that your partner doesn't expect accept your spiritualism and mm-hmm. the the road that you're on and you clash. <clears throat> and that's a prob a different problem to look at. And if it if it gets to that point this is what I'm hearing, this was what was coming in, mm. was if it gets to that point, it's okay to call it quits, is is the point. If it's right. like really bad and, you know, you just can't, you can't be in each other's worlds, then that's okay, you know? Um, but f- most of the time, I think that this is contagious. Right. I think once people start seeing the truth, I have <laughs> a, a lot of clients that this happens to, that once their significant other starts to really see what's going on and starts to see the changes, that they come along on it as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. So hope that answered your question, Norma. But I, I really believe you can do anything in this life, anything yeah. that you want. You know, yeah. You set the intention, set the manifestation for it. You know, if if mm-hmm. you're really happy with your husband and you want to <clears> spend <throat> the rest of your life with him, and this is where your main problem is, then try and manifest a better, mm-hmm. some kind of resolution. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just learning to to agree to disagree or him coming along on the spiritual journey. You know, either way, yeah. I think um, you can manifest whatever you would like there for sure. So. Cool. Okay, so sorry I got off track there. That was really, really strange. But let's see why that happened. <laughs> okay, Tina. So we answered Tina's question about the spiritual journey. Why, <clears throat> you know, what was the hardest part for us? Mm-hmm. This is what her reading is about. It's for her. And it says, can you do a reading on me? I'm curious as to what my spiritual gifts are and how I continue to nurture them. So when I was talking about this, um, the the issue with the husband, I think that this is why the stuff with Tina started coming in because I feel like what's happening with her is she's holding herself back. She doesn't want people to see the real what's going on. You know, she's afraid. And I understand this because at the beginning I was like, don't tell anybody about my gifts. I don't want anybody to know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like first and foremost with this going into this, that you need to drop the concern for what other people are going to say about you expanding and learning about your spiritual gifts. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They don't, that doesn't matter. No. You, this is your life. And I can tell just right away that yes, you have spiritual gifts. Absolutely. And you're opening, what I'm hearing is you're opening them up more and more every day and you're becoming 
very okay you're becoming very accepting of the spiritual world but you're not becoming as accepting of yourself mm. is where this is going so what you need <clears throat> to do with this is work on on yourself on your shadow work we did an episode on shadow work and basically mm-hmm. what that is is tapping into the things that are not so pretty about yourself, the things that you hide inside that um, maybe could be used to be worked on, you know, the the things we get from our parents that we don't even really see as there, but is affecting our positivity and our happiness. Those are the kinds of things I feel like you need to work on. The feeling of, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'll never be enough. Those things are not true. They're absolutely not true. And I think that this also goes back to Norma too, um, is that, you are absolutely enough and it doesn't matter what anybody else says mm-hmm. about it at all. Mm-hmm. This We talk about this sometimes, how this is your life and yeah. this is your journey and movie and video game mm-hmm. and however you want to say it. And you have to play it like you're the leading role because mm-hmm. you are. And that doesn't mean to ignore the people on the outside because you're not supposed to ignore them. You're supposed no. to treat them the way you would want your movie character to treat people with respect with kindness, Mm -hmm. with generosity. And when these things happen, the character in your movie starts to move forward more and more. So I think once, um, Tina, once you start to really accept who you are, your spiritual gifts are going to come out so much more. Um, As far as like what your spiritual gifts are, I feel like you have a lot of the same things like what I do that you can communicate with the other side. Um, But I'm also getting this this feeling towards energy healing. And it's interesting because I have a girl uh, that I work with. Her name is Jessica and she does foot zones, which is like acupressure on your feet. And it, but it, this is more releasing the energy and it like opens up like your chakras and everything. And for whatever reason, that was one of the first things that I saw for you, Tina, not necessarily that this is the work you're supposed to do, the foot zoning, mm. but the energy work, right. the relieving people of their their pent up energy, uh, realigning chakras, you know, mm. that that kind of energy work. I feel a really strong pull to you uh, for that. So I would definitely, you know, once you get through some of the shadow work, I would I would look <clears throat> into that. Look into if you haven't yet, take some Reiki classes. Right. Uh, you know, learn about crystals, any kind yeah. of energy work that you can learn about, I think would be really good for you. And kind of what you were saying at the beginning, if I could just say something real quick of this, is that letting go of what others may think, that mm-hmm. that sort of part falls under the umbrella of what how I answered that question. And that was get out of my own way. Yes. Get out of my own head and get out of my own way. Yes. Because... This isn't necessarily like a religion that you need to go around and preach to everybody to convince them. When you do this, you automatically start to magnetize people's interest oh, to yeah. what it is that's actually going on here. It, because it's amazing. Yep. It's absolutely amazing. And there's nothing wrong with it at all. No. There's and, nothing wrong with it. No. And you know what? We were told from the beginning of this um, by my mom that people were going to be watching. They were going to be watching our journey. And you know what? I can't tell you how many of like my elementary school friends, high school friends, people that have emailed me and said, I've been watching your journey and it's really cool. It's interesting. You know, they reach out for spiritual help or to do a reading because they've watched the journey. 
And none of these people are people that I really would have thought were into this Mm -hmm. or were following the journey or cared at all. So you just never know who's really watching and who you're influencing in a positive way. And that comes back to Norma as well. And I think that's why I chose to do these questions together was because this really does radiate for both of these women that you're both very much on a spiritual journey and you have to just let people just tell them, get out of my way. Just I'm going to do what I want to do. This is my life and I want to be happy. And if you don't like it, then that's just too bad. Yeah. Yeah. For the same reason you wouldn't go and tell them how to live their life. You just go about your business and live yours. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest downfalls of humans is we want to tell everybody what they should do. And it's like, no, I'm just going to live my life the way I want to, you know, not the way everybody in society thinks I should. I just, it's my life. So, Yeah. So, Tina, um, the other thing you asked was, should you continue to nurture your gifts? And I think I already answered that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would never discourage anybody, but you're a very spiritual person and you haven't even scratched the surface yet is what I'm feeling. Wow. You, you have a lot lot left. Hey, I don't even think we've scratched the surface, to be really honest with no. you. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. as souls, you know, if we keep coming back and learning lives, I'm getting the feeling it takes a long time. It takes a long time, yeah. So... Take it easy on yourself. Yeah. But let yourself be who you are. Absolutely. You know, you don't have to fit within the confines of somebody else's mold. No, you really don't. You you know, be you. I did that for so many years that I didn't think I could really be who I wanted to be because of society, you know. Right. But now I'm more me than I've ever been and I feel the most comfortable in my skin and like it doesn't matter anymore. And that's a very comfortable feeling. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we all deserve to have that. Sure. So. So there you go, Tina. I hope that that worked for you and helped. So. Okay. All right. That's all I have for you from last week. Wonderful. All right. Well, then episode 127, Mysteries of Bigfoot and Loch Ness. Yay. This was actually fun to do. You know, I I always keep an open mind that I'm going to learn new things, not just about like these creatures themselves, but about maybe how they relate to the possibility of what's going on in our world to begin with. You know, we kind of pigeonhole, especially like Bigfoot, okay, we look at this as a big, hairy, evil beast that, you know, could hurt us. But is that really what Bigfoot is? Like, this was kind of what the journey that I set out this week to figure out was, what's the truth? You know, and will I know or not? Probably not. But I think that for myself, I've come to a better conclusion this week. And so I'm hoping that put that onto our listeners as well. Yeah. So what we're talking about here is obviously two creatures, but we may end up talking about a few others. These creatures, these mysterious creatures, are actually in a class called cryptides. And they're among the most talked about, celebrated, and written about animals Um, And it's not even, like, been proven that they're real, Mm -hmm. most of these creatures. That's why they're called cryptides. The definition of a cryptide is an animal that has been claimed to exist but never been proven to exist. Bigfoot and Loch Ness continuously come in at numbers one and two on this list. They're pretty top of the list. Yeah, Yeah. so that's why that's what we're going to focus on today. But then we have a few other things if we have time. So we'll see. Um, So first of all, what is Bigfoot? Bigfoot is also commonly referred to as Sasquatch and is what they call, and this is from Wikipedia, an ape-like creature that is purport, reported to inhabit the forests of North America. 
Thousands of people have claimed to have seen a Bigfoot, which is most often described as a large, muscular, bipedal, ape-like creature, roughly six to nine feet and covered in dark hair, usually black, brown, or red. They're uh, known to have a pungent, foul odor and sometimes associated with creatures commonly described as to smelling like rotten eggs and skunk. Um, the face is often described as human-like with a flat nose and visible lips. Some have reported broad shoulders with no visible neck and long arms. Arm, uh, eyes are described as dark in color and have been alleged to glow yellow or red at night. What's cool about this mm. eye glowing, this is called eye shine. Mm -hmm. This does not happen in humans or apes, okay? So we want to believe, or a lot of people want to believe, Bigfoot is an ape or a human. No. This doesn't happen to our eyes. The, the animals most common that this happens to are owls, raccoons, and possums, mm -hmm. which are nocturnal creatures that live in the woods <clears throat> or forests. They're mm -hmm. forest creatures. And Bigfoot has most of the time been spotted in forest-like areas. Yeah. Um, Actually, I have it in here somewhere. Here it is. About one-third of all Bigfoot claims are located in the Pacific Northwest, with the remaining sightings being throughout the rest of North America. Uh, so, like, Washington has had over 2,000 reported uh, Bigfoot claims. And Washington is mostly forest trees. Mm -hmm. yeah. California has over 1,600. Pennsylvania, 1,300. New York and Oregon have just over 800. And these are the people that have actually reported the sightings. Mm -hmm. Like, I was on the, because we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but Dolores Cannon talked about Bigfoot. Yeah. So I was in one of the Dolores Cannon groups, and I can't tell you how many people were like, oh, I've seen one. Oh, I've seen one. But these are people that haven't reported it. So, you know, who really knows how many people have actually seen a right. Bigfoot, you know? Uh, I mean, I, you have to look at a story like that and think, well, I don't know what the first earliest sighting of Bigfoot was other than that kind of infamous picture from the 60s. Yeah, I don't think I wrote any in the But book. I'm going to guess that there's earlier reports of this thing even before the 60s, before that photo came oh, out. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Which a lot of people say that photo's not real, you know, whatever. I don't know. I have to look at something about a story that's continuously passed down. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Right. Yeah. You know, why are we sharing something if it's a bunch of baloney? Right. There has to be some, for me, when it comes to certain things, there has to be some level of truth. I couldn't tell you. I would say I believe that they exist. I, I couldn't do. say for sure. Yeah. I think it's only a matter of time before they are legitimately proven to be real. Right. I asked our listeners, do they believe that Bigfoot is real? And 65% said yes. 25% said I'm not sure. And 10% said no. Wow. And at the beginning of the week, I would have been on the I don't know list. Because, I, I mean, I felt much more like, nah, maybe this is folklore. But then after really like doing some of this research and watching some videos, I really do believe that this is a creature that exists. I just don't believe that it exists the way we we portray it to. Oh, not at all. No. No. I don't think that it's human. No. At all. <clears throat> I don't think it's ape. No. I think it's its own its own creature that we just haven't right. discovered, you know. Technically, mm -hmm. um, we watched these videos. I can't remember the name of the guy. I don't remember. It was on YouTube. He's a dog trainer. I want to say Jerry, but I could be wrong. Yeah. 
but and, supposedly his father killed a family of them in the f- 1953 and froze them. Yeah. But he cut like the male, the father up and the mother, but the juvenile was saved in one yeah. piece. And then supposedly there was an infant. Right. This, I think, was one of the best things that I watched all week because while I was watching it, I was trying to connect spiritually on this. And Mm. I was telling you, like, I try to do this thing like lie detector-ish, you know, to see. And there were a couple of things that he said that I felt were not true. Um, I don't know if the creatures that he claims to have are real or not, but I don't think they are that doesn't mean I don't believe in Bigfoot. I just don't believe that the creatures that he have are real because I feel like these creatures are really misunderstood and have a lot better ways of getting away from us. And for this guy to have a whole family just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, they're, I, to me, from what I've read and from what I feel, I feel like they're very peaceful creatures. Yes. Now, something that's threatened and being shot of course, is going to be angry. And, you know, it, it is a physical creature, so it's going to react. But I was starting to think about this, and, like, the guy was telling his stories about how the mom Bigfoot was swinging her baby around to try and protect herself, and, you know, the, the baby was being injured in the swinging around. To me, that's not the act of a mother animal. The only animal on this planet that i could think of that would possibly act like that is a human right and that's not a human creature so i don't really know you know if i believe this man's claims i don't know about that aspect of the incident if that did occur the only part that's kind of compelling to me is that with all the sightings that we've had of these creatures not one has ever been caught right right this guy happens to have a family (laughs) okay so I'm going, well, what are the odds he would go out and catch one singularly, af- one after another, right. and end up with a family of them? Probably pretty slim. Right. But if you stumbled on some, a family of them, well, that's different. I could see how you could technically shoot and kill the whole family. Yeah. Um, we all know with today's technology and, and Hollywood and things that things can be made and you don't know often if it's real or fake. These videos are compelling because he's showing frozen limbs and bodies where, you know, one of the the Bigfoot's uh, foots cut off at like the ankle. And so you see inside, yeah. you see bone, you see flesh. Um, you, they get pretty close up on it. And again, it's been frozen for 60 something years. Right. If it's real, it, you know, it, it's hard to tell. It does look yeah. like a mummified thing you know it's yeah. it's kind of trippy but the guy is a little interesting I'll, yeah. give him, I'll give him that and that story is is a bit interesting and again he was nowhere around in 1953 when his dad did this no. so this is a story that may have been passed down to him that he's either embellished or misunderstood right um but the existence of these i don't think that it changes for me whether i believe that they're real or not right and I definitely agree with you about what type of creature. Mm-hmm. And Dolores talks about yes. that, what kind of type of creature they are. Yes, that was actually what I was going to get to next. <clears throat> uh, in uh, Convoluted Universe 1. Book 1, yeah. Book 1. Dolores talks about Bigfoot. We couldn't find it in the book. I know you've read it, but we were searching through it and couldn't find it. But right. I did find 
a little bit of information about what's talked about. So Dolores, uh, I, I don't know, you know, if everybody knows who Dolores is, but she's a very uh, famous hypnotherapist that wrote books based on hypnotizing people and uh, going into past lives, past life regression therapy, mm-hmm. basically. So this person that she was talking to about Bigfoot, these are the things that he said were coming through to him about Bigfoot. They're not animals, but evolved beings. That they are actually uh, primitive survivors of, and I'm sorry if I bet- butcher this word, <sighs> Lem- Lem- Merchant? I don't know. It's like Atlantis, but they're, they were in India. It was a civilization that was considered to be like Atlantis. starts with an L. I'm really bad at butchering these names. <laughs> um, but they believe that they came from there. Mm-hmm. And that when that civilization uh, went extinct, similar to Atlantis, that these creatures were left over from that. So they may not even necessarily be animals. They may just be a primitive, mm-hmm. you know, creature. Right. But that they're very gentle and they're spiritually in tune, especially to the native spirits. Mm-hmm. They do have the power to make themselves blend into the scenery, but not become invisible. They are afraid of man, but they do like human food. I thought that <laughs> was kind of funny. Yeah. So that was something that um, I had read a couple of different places was that they are multidimensional creatures. So the blending in with the surroundings could be a part of the, the interdimensional, you mm-hmm. know, I'm not really sure how that works with creatures that are interdimensional, that are physical, but can go to the other side. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't go as far as to say that they maybe don't know how to make themselves invisible outside of camouflaging. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Beca- I, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know how many of the pictures that we see are actually like real Bigfoot, you know? So it's hard right. to say like <clears throat> if, Maybe we don't see a lot of them because they can make themselves invisible. But this camouflaging, like, when I see it in my head, it's kind of like shape-shifting. It's like when you see something, like, that's maybe not the exact color, but, like, this Bigfoot go over to a tree, and then, like, like he just becomes one with the tree. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I see. Right. And that makes a lot more sense to me, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. um, with the camouflaging like that. Um, but the, the peaceful creatures, you know, I think that there's a lot going on on this planet and other planets that we don't know. And in her books, I know she gets into the possibility of things living inside the planets. Mm-hmm. So these creatures could also live inside the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really know. We have no clue. She gets a little bit further into it, talking about because of the level of their connection with the other side or being multidimensional they're mm-hmm. very spiritual they're they're they understand right um kind of like nothing like but kind of like the native american indians that they lived off the land they um kind of mother nature was their gods yeah you know and i feel like this is what this animal's more like or this creature is more right. like but She's very specific in talking about they specifically know about our energy and the type yes. of creatures that we are. They know that we are a threat and a danger to them. They can feel our energy from much further away than we can even see or feel theirs. Yes. So they try to, they're much better at eluding us because of that. They can almost feel us before we're even able to see them. Yes, absolutely. And and I was just writing that down to bring that up. It's like, 
humans have to kind of ruin things. You know mm. what I mean? Like, imagine if we were more peaceful creatures and we didn't shoot everything. Mm-hmm. What kind of creatures maybe would show themselves? There mm-hmm. could be a whole level of things that we don't know anything about, but because we're so quick to kill and, you know, it, it, it they don't want to be around us. Like, one of the things... Um, the guy with the that claims to have all those Bigfoot is that he said that they sent the DNA samples off. And I've heard this and read this in other stories of accounts mm-hmm. of people that claim to have found bodies of Bigfoot, that it comes back as inconclusive. Well, of course it does, because we've never come in contact with something like this. So right. we don't have anything to go by. You know, we <sighs> have dogs, we have cows, we have sheep. We know what their DNA is. But when you have a Bigfoot, you have no clue what its DNA is. But right. it does tell you that it doesn't come from humans and it doesn't come mm-hmm. from apes it's 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 in its own category mm-hmm. by itself if these things that are being caught are actually bigfoot you know which is a whole other level yeah we would know what we were things. looking at however our own dna within every human is one strand that they don't know where it came from mm-hmm. yeah so yeah these are all mysteries very much so you know um but i i really think like not just with Bigfoot, but with other things that if we all collectively, you know, take a lot of people collectively learn to just calm down, these creatures might show themselves more. Like we were, when we were watching those videos, I think that's when I asked you, like, I wonder if since Dolores in her research has found that these are spiritual beings, if they would recognize another spiritual being, like if we went into a a place where they were like, you know, claim to be high population, the Bigfoot sightings or whatever. If we went there and we were really, you know, calm and in our spiritual world, and would they show themselves to us? Because when I saw all these people in the Dolores Cannon group that were like, oh, I've seen one, oh, I've seen one, well, either you're making it up or maybe it, there is something right. to this. Yeah, I, that would be interesting. I mean, could you imagine hiking in the woods somewhere in the Northwest and seeing one and then having an opportunity before anybody ran or uh-huh. got scared to try to talk to him intuitively. Yep. Because what I mean by they can feel our energy, they can feel our vibrations, mm-hmm. all right? They're resonating and living at a way higher vibration. Even though we look at them and we think, oh my God, what a primitive ape looking thing. Right. But they're so much more advanced. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, I don't know of anything that can this is reported, that can run uphill at about 45 miles an hour. Right. Yeah, there's fast I don't runners. know many humans nowadays that can live off the land. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's so many different elements here to say this thing isn't primitive. Right. Just we, We're all basing that off how it looks to our retina. Right, exactly. And that's the stupidest thing we could do. Yeah, exactly. I think that they are very much in tune with <clears throat> their world where they came from originally and the vibrations of the other animals around us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we go out and a lot of times animals react interesting to us. Like when we're on walks or whatever, it's almost like they want to interact with us. And like, I catch you doing it sometimes too, where you stop and talk to like the bunnies and Mm -hmm. stuff. And yeah, how do you think Snow White got all her friends? Yeah. You know, it's like, why not? I could be the modern day Snow White. Well, here's another compelling fact about them, too, when you talk about other things um, possibly living underground Mm. in in our planet. And let's say that that's where, let's just say hypothetically, that's where Bigfoot 
resides. It comes out to get food and stuff or whatever, but then goes back in. Mm-hmm. Well, a really uh, important fact, which they mentioned, and I didn't know this, is they've never found bones. Yeah, that's true. Of a Bigfoot. Yeah. Yet there's been many footprints cast from these things and there are some giant feet and hands yeah this guy's video he's got like i said a couple limbs that have been cut off and there was one in particular where it's a hand and yeah. it, i gotta say this thing if it's fake he did a really good job because it's remarkable yeah and the way it looks um but not finding bones yeah right yeah yet we like found bones, bones from and... dinosaurs yeah. we found bones from giant human beings yeah Footprints cast in, you know, like what would have been probably molten lava that was cooling of giant human feet. Right. So why? Why are there no bones? Yeah. And well, and think about this. Like, we've only dug so far. And maybe I should have looked it up, but I didn't think about it. We've only like, like what paleontologists or whatever they call them that mm-hmm. study dinosaurs, you know, they've only dug so far into the earth. We have a lot of earth underneath there that hasn't mm-hmm. been dug into. And if these creatures are living underground, then they're probably much farther underneath there. And, you know, that's where their bones might be. And that's why we're not finding them. Maybe they go there to die. Absolutely. Yeah. We we really don't know, you know, mm-hmm. but, but it's all... All a possibility. Mm-hmm. That's what's so crazy about it is that, you know, is there a right answer to is there a big is there Bigfoot or not? I don't think so because, you know, <clears throat> we don't know. Right. But maybe one day we will. But again, I, I agree. I agree that one day we will. Yeah. I, I really believe that. I think that there will be enough evidence pointing and to wake this world up to realize not only are we not alone on this planet like we thought we were just the animals and us but out- outwardly too yeah you know yeah we, but ultimately right now we don't and there is no evidence right so but i still have to lean towards something like well man these some of these stories have been around in a long time and been witnessed by quite a few people yeah um does that just go un you know unnoticed ignored right i mean Really, every single one of these thousands of people is a lunatic? Right. Or on LSD and hallucinating? (laughs) I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it, too. We're just quick to judge, and I think there's probably a lot of people that have actually seen these things, but just don't come forward (laughs) because they're like, oh, people are going to think I'm crazy. Sure. You know, it's just like with aliens, you know, I'm just not going to say anything. I mean, you always have the ones that are, you know, they're lying, and you know they're lying, but then there's the ones that just, they just don't talk about it. Because they don't want to be called crazy. And, you know, those are the ones I'd really like to hear their stories. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) So let's talk about Loch Ness Uh a little bit. Um, First of all, I asked our reader, our readers, our listeners, how many of them believed that Loch Ness is real? And 50% said that they do. 40% said I'm not sure. And 10% said no. This is another one that I'm a little bit skeptical on. Um I still don't know how I feel about this one. I think anything's anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but first of all, let's talk about what is Loch Ness. The Loch Ness Monster, a.k.a. Nessie, is a creature in Scottish folklore that is said to inhabit Loch Ness, a large, deep freshwater lake in the Scottish Highlands. It is often described as long-necked, long-necked with one or more humps that protrude from the water. 
the thing is, is that the earliest reports of Loch Ness came from a autobiography with no pictures or anything. Okay. Okay. So this was, uh, let's see, the the autobiography was about a man named Adamnan, in which he claimed a man was swimming in the river when he was attacked by a water beast. So this is the first time that this is mentioned, and this is in 6th century AD. Wow. Okay. Wow. Right. So... Who knows where it went from there, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, sightings actually started occurring of this creature in, like, the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the most popular ones were in, like, 1872, 1888. But it wasn't until 1933 when a local local paper published an article about a large whale-like fish. The article discussed a sighting by a woman that um, who claims to have seen an enormous creature with a body the size of a whale rolling in the water in the lock. So lock is another, that's how they say lake. Yeah. Um, while her and her husband were driving. And more and more of these stories started coming out. And so it sparked more of an interest mm-hmm. in it. Uh, so it was like the 1930s, 1940s, where this really became a big thing. I read another story about a guy that, um, and this was the weirdest one to me that him and his his wife, I think, were in a car and across the road walked what they called the Loch Ness Monster, but it had no limbs. But it wasn't necessarily slithering. It was really weird the way they described it. Well, but I thought it, they have like flip, four flippers. Like the it's a prehistoric yeah, thing yeah. that we used to see in textbooks when we were kids in science. I don't know what that dinosaur was called. But, yeah. Um, a very long neck, like very a giraffe neck, yeah. neck, kind of a snakish looking face with flippers and a yeah kind of a whale's tail yeah this what he more described it as and like the drawing was almost like a brontosaurus with no legs it was Mm. very strange so there's been a lot of like well what is it you know there's been a lot of people that have seen it so what could it be but one of the things about when you have something in water like that is that the ripples off the water and the reflection off the water can a lot of times make something look like something it's not. Mm. Also, that water, I've seen, I watched a video of what it looks like in there is very, very murky. Very and, dark. Yes. And there was a, an eel that went by that looked like it really could have been anything. It was a large I eel. I have seen was, videos of what looks like pretty. I'm going to be honest, looks like something pretty large swimming underneath and you can see the currents yeah. from it yeah. on the top. Yeah. So, again, when I have to look at kind of just, I guess, evolution in general and think, well, our planet's three quarters water and there's stuff at the bottom of the ocean that I don't think we've ever seen. Yeah, it's true. And so let's say that this climate change thing is something is that's occurred through time which we can pretty much prove it's happened over it gets hot and it cools and it gets hot and it cools well if there was flooding in the past that that overtook you know ireland right this is scotland scotland Scotland, Mm -hmm. excuse me um and then filled up this valley Mm -hmm. with this lake or lock whatever may have been in the ocean that got trapped in there Mm -hmm could stay in there. If there was more than one, maybe they possibly could breed. Right. Because then again, you're looking, well, if this is just one creature, how long is this thing going to live? Right, exactly, yeah. Well, it's a pretty deep, big thing. And if enough of them got in there at once and were able to breed, then there you go. There's, There's the proof of 
they can sustain life Mm -hmm. and their species under there. Is it, I guess I kind of teeter on whether I would believe this more than Bigfoot. The reason I believe this more than Bigfoot is because the story is older. Yeah, but it was created in an autobiography was the first time that it was even mentioned, you know? It, but then visuals came after it, claims of visuals and supposed photography, you know, as where book Bigfoot's probably a more newer story, but has quite a bit of documentation itself. Right. So I can't really say whether I believe in one or the other more, but I will say I got to go back to why is this being passed down and shared And shared as if it's not supposed to be forgotten. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's very possible that there's something in there that we don't know anything about. You know, one of the things that I did read was that scientists have done studies of the water because a creature like this should shed its skin as it grows. And so in the water, if it's a prehistoric creature, it should have shed its skin and they should see that in the water and there is no evidence of prehistoric skin or anything like that in in the lock so is it still could it be yeah i mean it still could be but it doesn't have to be a prehistoric creature you know not necessarily it could be i mean evolution we're staring at it every day absolutely and this planet has been here for so long that even if these were a creature like mm-hmm. you know we don't know necessarily like let's take cats okay we know that cats go back to the egyptian days but do we really really know where they began no right. I, I don't think we do so let's say that there was something that lived in in this lock right mm-hmm. and it just became extinct but there might be a couple left mm-hmm. you know But it was during a time that we didn't have documentation, you know, maybe even before Christ, like during that time. You know, there is so much possibility for what has actually been on this planet in the billions of years that it's been a planet that we don't even know. So is there a possibility? Absolutely there's a possibility that there's some interesting creature, you know, and and it could be elusive too. It could live in in the earth too. It could go into the sand and disappear. Mm -hmm. It could be a multidimensional creature as well. Um, There's so many possibilities to it. And then it could also just be fake. You know, we don't know. But I I think for me, if I had to choose between Bigfoot and Loch Ness, I probably would pick Bigfoot because from what I've read, there really isn't much proof of Loch Ness. Like there are people that claim to have a Bigfoot or, Mm -hmm. or pictures of the Bigfoot. There's a couple of really bad shots of what they consider to be Loch Ness. But for the most part, the pictures have been debunked as ripples in the water. Mm. Um, So I, I think, and I don't really need the proof, but I don't know. I just am pulled to Bigfoot. I just really feel like that is something that is very possible. Well, again, I think with technology and kind of, you know, the ever um, looming presence of Big Brother, meaning cameras everywhere, and that it's only a matter of time before, if they are real, Mm -hmm. that there's going to be a a legitimate shot or something. People will always want to discount. Right. Um, but I think there'll be enough evidence at some point for a lot. This this world has to move in to the mentality of we're not alone. Right. And we need to get over ourselves and start becoming friendly so we can advance and stay on this world. And hopefully, if this world doesn't last, have enough 
technology and advancement to get somewhere else to keep our species going. But we have to change our way right? before that will be allowed. But right. it will be allowed if we focus on changing us as a species. Absolutely. Stop being so goddamn bloodthirsty. Absolutely. That's exact. And start being more accepting because, right. you know, we really don't know. Like one of the things that I was kind of seeing as a comparison in my head a little bit is like, okay, let's just say that all of civilization was wiped out completely. Right. And most of what was left was just junk and they didn't know like the next civilization that comes along. They don't really know what this is. Mm. But let's say one of the, th the things that they find is Harry Potter books. <laughs> and they don't know that these are fiction, mm -hmm. okay? Then they think that we have creatures like Dobby, little little sock elves, and we right. have, you know, other giant birds and stuff like that. We really don't ever right. know. Like, there's drawings of these yeah. kind of creatures in, in, you know, caves and in Egyptian times mm -hmm. and everything, and, and is this fiction? Is it fact? We don't know because there's nothing right. telling us that what it is. I don't even think we know legitimately how long this planet and solar no. system has even existed. No. I think it's much longer than we even know and that there's been, I don't know if you want to call them like tests, but there's been a lot of different life's right. forms on this planet before us to kind of get it warmed up and used to being inhabited, if you will. Yes. And, you know, humans, we have a way of turning things into what we want it to be. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, one of the other um, animals that we I have on my list is unicorns, okay? Why is it so hard to believe that unicorns were real at any point? Now, if we go and we look back at, like I was saying, like cave drawings and that, mm -hmm. there are drawings of animals that resembles unicorn that resemble unicorns. Mm. They usually look like you know a horse or a goat that has a large horn coming out of its right. head. Um, this isn't Greek mythology. This is actually natural history. It mm -hmm. is believed that an animal similar to a unicorn did live in India. Unicorns are mentioned many, many, many times in the Bible, mm -hmm. but it, it could also be that this single single horned animal is a rhinoceros and not a unicorn, although they call it a unicorn in the Bible. Right. It still could be a rhinoceros because, it, you know, interpretation, language barrier. But you why know would I mean? that be so hard to believe that there could be some animal close to a horse has a horn growing out of its head. There, I don't see why we have a lot that of animals that have horns growing out of their heads. Absolutely, I think what we've made it into is different. We've made it into this big, beautiful white horse with this, you know, horn yeah. in its head that shoots rainbows or whatever. Where most likely this unicorn was some scruffy, right. rough animal that just had a horn and was right. probably pretty ugly. And it was just worship because it was unique. Right, exactly. I mean, there's the the unicorn stories right. go on and on and on and on. But I was gonna say I've seen some episodes on pimple popper. Doctor Pimple Popper, where humans have horns. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, it can happen. <laughs> but you know, it, it's like, why is it so hard to believe that they would be real? You know, right. I don't know. I think that honestly, after after going through the spiritual awakening and learning that these these uh, 
abilities are real and that there's another side and that there's much more going on than any mm. of us even see. Yeah. I don't put a limit on what's real and what's not anymore. That's what I feel like. Yeah. There yeah. could be fairies. There mm. could be leprechauns. Mm. There could be all kinds of things, mm. you know, and these creatures could be multidimensional and that's mm. why we don't see them. Yep. They just appear to the who they feel comfortable with and mm. I want to see the fairies and I won't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I won't hurt you. <laughs> You know, we don't, we don't know. And I think that's another one of those mysteries that I can't wait to get to the other side and be like, tell me, tell me, you know, because I can tell you what I feel here. And I feel like there's definitely a lot of creatures we don't know anything about, anything about. I think there's creatures we haven't even discovered yet here. Absolutely. On our world. Absolutely. Yeah. And in our ocean and everything. So we still have a lot to learn and a lot, a lot of work to do here, but you know. Um, this planet has got a lot of time left, and right. so who knows what we'll discover. We just have to stop basing our history off 20, 20th century or yeah. 21st century history, kind of. It's, yeah, and movies. Can, and, mm-hmm. We can only go so far back. Right. And then there's a lot of other stuff you got to go, wait a minute. Yeah. Whoa. Well, and then there's the people that just love to make up stories, you know, yeah. that come running out of the woods. Oh, I just saw a creature. It was probably a cheetah that chased you, but you're claiming it was a Bigfoot when they're really right. peaceful creatures. You know what I mean? Yeah. People, they want to always make it out to be the worst, but it's like, it, it probably isn't like that. Right. It, you know? For sure. I mean, anything will hurt you if it's threatened, but I, I just don't see it. So. Yeah. So. Anyways, I think that's cool. That's our episode. Very good. Yeah, that was fun. It was fun. I like to do these kinds of ones and you know learn different things and talk to the other side and see what they have to say about it. Yeah, you know. So I mean, I don't know how much they're going to give you, you know, um, as far as truth in that matter. But I- I'm telling you, Dolores Cannon's books are just remarkable when it comes to stuff like this. If you're that type of person like me that I'm just enthralled with the stars and the mysteries. These, again, are, like Samantha said at the beginning, um, records of her sessions with hypnotherapy with, you know, sometimes these are people that are uh, revisit her, come, you know, like clients of hers that just come back. So you might get the same person in one book and you get multiple other people as well. But the interesting part is under... The hypnotism that she does with them, not only is she able to communicate with them in while they're in their past life, but she's also able to communicate with spirits from the other side mm-hmm. through them. So yeah. sometimes not only is she they're telling them telling Dolores about her their excuse me, let me get this straight. They're telling Dolores about their life that they're currently viewing. But sometimes they'll kind of just shut down and they'll hand it over to mm-hmm. the spirit world, which that's where you get a lot of answers yeah. about a lot of things. Yeah. So I just find it really compelling. And, and they get into a lot of stuff like that, a lot of landmarks in our in our planet, things that I would go, how did that get there? How was this done? You know, yeah, they get into it deep. Yeah. It's remarkable. Her so, books are great, yeah. Yeah, I would give, if you're um, interested in stuff like that, it could bend your mind a little bit, but yeah. if you're interested, give it a shot. And there's multiple books on the convoluted universe, too. So, yeah. They're incredible. But, anyways, that's all I got. <laughs> Me, so, too. 
<laughs> well, before we say goodbye to your, our friends, you want to share your page. Yes. Uh, you can find me at samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. If you'd like to reach us at the show, you can email us at spiritualjoneses at gmail.com. Awesome. And you, sir. Uh, yes. For my art, djonesartcollection.com for the web, at djonesartcollection for Instagram and Facebook. Um, and I'm working on a new piece right now. I Yay. won't say what it is yet. Um, and then for my music, uh, gypsybrown.com for the web, at gypsybrownmusic for Instagram and at gypsybrownband for Facebook. And show's coming up real quick next Friday. Yes, it is. So get your tickets, eventbrite.com. Hit Yay. us up if you know us, and we'll be happy to arrange a way to get tickets to you. Yep. So please uh, feel free to do that. Reach out. And we hope to see whoever can be there, be there. That we do. It'll be a good time. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Yeah. Well, we hope everybody has a lovely week. Yes. And until next week. Peace and love. love.